Everybody has to play a role that diverse workplace is key for today and for future. And it is not a role of the HR or the CEO or the organization. We have to all take some mindful actions, being inclusive, starting from there, encouraging women more to really progress on this. Welcome to the HR L&D podcast, where we explore cutting edge HR trends and best practices with top leaders who are shaping the future of work. My name is Nick Day and I'm founder of JGA Recruitment Group, a specialist HR search firm. I'm also a qualified executive coach and a recognized HR thought leader listed on Thinkers360. Together, we're going to dive into topics from diversity and inclusion to technology, learning curation and employee experience to help you evolve your people and your development strategies. So whether you're a flourishing HR executive, a rising manager or a seasoned CHRO who's driving transformation, this podcast is for you. So grab your coffee and let's play. Hello and welcome back to the HR L&D podcast. My name is Nick Day. I'm CEO at JGA Recruitment Group and we're specialist HR recruiters. Now today I'm bringing you a special episode specifically for International Women's Day. It is the 8th of March and I'm bringing you a guest who is extremely passionate about breaking down barriers and paving the way for women in business. I'm actually joined by Birchin Resamoglu, who is CEO at Sodexo Engage. Now, before I introduce you to Birchin and her experience and what she's all about, I just want to bring you all up to speed with International Women's Day because it's held today on the 8th of March and it's celebrated to create a better and more inclusive future, not just for women and girls, but actually for all humanity. And diversity is at the heart of the conversation we're going to be having today, because Birchin, well, she's a strong advocate for diversity, equity and inclusion. In fact, she's a steering member of the Sodexo Global Gender Equality Advisory Board, which is called So Together, where she actively leads the gender equality policies of Sodexo. In fact, some months ago, Birchin stood up against some board members and demanded to action the imbalance in the C-suite. We're going to find out more about that story later on in the show, so do stay tuned. The key here, though, of course, is to raise awareness, because Birchin believes that by hiring more women in leadership positions, it not only benefits the company, but it also establishes a more visionary approach to leadership. And as you can probably tell, Birchin is not someone who is afraid to shatter glass ceilings. It's why she's become such a vocal advocate for supporting women to achieve their full potential in the workplace. So today on International Women's Day, I've invited Birchin to talk to you all about her unique perspective in the hope that her valuable insights can help contribute towards a better gender balanced future for us all. So without further ado, Birchin Resamoglu, welcome to the HR podcast. How are you feeling today? Wow, very good. With your start, you really make me feel so proud that I am part of this uh, of this podcast. And I have to give you my congratulations that you are making also for the International Women Day that kind of podcast. And you are really, when I see you, really thank you for your being an ally to this gender equality. Oh, no, you're very welcome. It's a privilege for me to have someone so passionate about diversity and inclusion on the show. So before we get into the, the detail about um, International Women's Day today and, and really talking about the gender imbalances, I want to ask a question I ask all of my guests, which is this. What do the words human resources mean to you? Human resources, actually, it's part of the organizations, 
where I believe they are the, really the heart of the organization to ensure that we as a business really can survive, can sustain and make it happen. But I don't like this human resources, although we use everywhere still human sure. resources. It is for us people, you know, it's really about the people for me and the HR people or the people or teams are only there to help us to put the right processes, to become a partner, to support the whole organization. But for me, the people issue is responsibility for each leader. And it's not an HR topic or it's not a people organization. But without having the right processes, right tools, right KPIs, of course, we might not find our way as a leader. And for us, they are really the the team who is guiding us for the right path to make sure that our people are really part of our business heart. That's what I can tell you. Absolutely agree. I certainly agree on the leadership point, all right? The idea of of making an inclusive workplace not the sole responsibility of HR professionals. You're absolutely right. I think that leads me into, uh, I guess, asking you if you can to share a little bit more about your own personal journey, not just as a CEO, but also as a woman, of course, that has led you to being here on the show to talk about the importance of International Women's Day, because it is a day that we do need to celebrate. It is a day we need to bring some awareness to. And you have quite um, an interesting story to tell. So I wonder if you could share your 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 experience to date that's led you to, to, to being with me here today. Ah, thank you. I think gender equality is, I mean, it's for me a passion. No, it's not because I am a woman. I am a Turkish woman which is born, married, and have two daughters. And and I have a really long career journey, started in Istanbul and then went to European countries, different countries, China, Asia Pacific countries, Middle East. And lately I am in UK with my daughters while my husband for the last four years still in Turkey and traveling. So, and I see when I have to grow on my on my journey, I had a lot of different experiences, and most of them were struggling, challenging, you know, and I had to find my path, how to grow further and really take the ladder up uh, to this to C-suite. This, this and the interesting part was, in many countries I have been, either it's in Europe or Asia, in Turkey, Middle East, wherever I got, it was more or less the same challenges I had to face. And it was not also easy living out of your country and culture, you know, far away from your family, out of your comfort zone. But each of the time I have to find a way how to overcome this. That's why I really think it's important to share with all the women who are, I mean, having that kind of experience, I hope not the same, <laughs> which I had, to share how I have dealt with this and how it can be possible to become, for example, today as a Turkish woman, not a narrative English speaker, working in a French company and becoming a CEO of UK. So I think everything can happen as long as you have the right directions and right uh, behaviors and fight for it. So that is why I am very... 
I mean, very passionate to share this, to really talk about this and become a DNI ambassador uh, in my organization, also beyond that. Well, I mean, I love that. For me, it's inspirational. I've got a 13-year-old daughter, right? And right now, in this moment, as we record and, and publish, she is currently in Spain doing her first ever Spanish exchange. Wow. And I would, you know, for me, it's important as a dad to know that the opportunities she has in the future aren't going to be restricted by her gender. I don't want her to come up against the challenges potentially, Virgin, you, 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 you've had to overcome in your journey because there's no reason her gender should be holding her back. So I'm a passionate father in this instance to say, you know, your all your dreams can be your own, but you shouldn't be held back in any way due to you being a, a female in this instance. So I know that I mentioned it in my introduction, you rec- relatively recently stood up against your own board members, didn't you, to talk about, well, almost demanding that action was taken to improve the diversity and imbalance of the C-suite. Tell us a little bit about the challenge you, you had to face and, and, and the bravery, I guess, the courage you had to show in order to, to demand that kind of action? You know, actually, what I can say you, I am more than 25 years in my career. And last, I think, 10, more than 15 years, I am on the leadership positions. And I tried still uh, to really fight for recognizing that people recognize me. They respect me not because I am a virgin or the title for what I do, what I achieve. And that makes me really still feel aware that I need to do more or we as all the leaders has to do more to make sure gender equality is not just the numbers, also the mindset, the inclusive culture, and it is really working. It should have it should be. So and coming back, a lot of challenges. I can give you one example. For example, I was assigned uh, from Turkey to China for a business development director role for APR. And it was a big corporate company I used to work before, Sodexo. And I had so much resistance from the leadership team, even the Asia-Pacific president, <clears throat> who was really challenging me as a woman with two kids married. How can you manage such a big business scope in 10 countries? You know, it was so frustrating. And... I never gave up. I really tried to be confident and to secure these bias are not personal to me. You know, that's a different thing. So what I did is really I kept fighting. I kept working, delivering the outcomes, what is expected as a business. But the funny thing was, that was the moment of my life, I can tell you. Two years later, the, the same president offered me a much more senior role in his team. You know, that time I told him, you know, you made my day. And he didn't understand because I didn't accept the role for a different reason. He said, why are you so happy because you do not accept it? I said, two years before, you were challenging me. You were questioning me. So today you made my day. You know, those were a lot of that kind of challenges. But you, I, I mean, when I see this is happening, it drives me much more to work harder, you know, to be more confident and not really blocking myself with all these unconscious or conscious bias wherever I have to face. What's really interesting for me, as particularly for those that may be following this on video rather than audio, but I think it would still come through in audio, is your energy and your tone changed when you actually told that story of when he came back and offered you the role. So I can still see that that resonates 
deeply with you there. That was something where, you know, in order to create change, we've got to raise awareness. Awareness creates mm-hmm. insights. Insights then lead to action. It sounds like over that two-year journey, that particular director became more aware of your capabilities, that you weren't restricted by your general, by your family commitments. You could deliver. That's the key. This was outcomes here. And you managed to deliver. And then he came back and, you know, and, and under this insight and that action offered you a promotion. So congratulations on that. You say on your on your LinkedIn profile that actually your greatest satisfaction has been contributing and adding value to Sodexo stakeholders and leading the growth of the business and the teams around you. And obviously, you've got a fantastic track record in achieving that. But you also state clearly, and not everyone puts this on their profile on LinkedIn, which is why I wanted to highlight it. You state that your purpose is to encourage young women's empowerment for gender equality. Tell me a little bit more about that, because not many people are actually in tune with their purpose. We're, we're very familiar with our company mission statements. Not many people create mission statements for themselves. So I'd, I'd love to love to expand on that. So I think this is one of my key initiatives I'm doing across my company, but also beyond in the communities where I'm active. In the past, I was very active in the Turkish community, now also in the UK. So I believe in role modeling and leading by example, you know, and that makes me also inspired in my past career. So I really put a lot of time, resources and attention to coach, to mentor the talented woman, not only in my organization where we have a lot of platforms for that and I put my time, but also outside of the organization, we find either with an NGO or in different ways, we find some talented and uh, ambitious women where they need some confidence, some encouragement, or some technical support. You know, it might be leadership support, soft skills, you know, confidence, or anything about the business, you know, environment. I take my time. I take six to eight months, regularly meet with them, mostly online. And I really try to support them on their growth, either on their career ambitions, career plans, or on their on their challenges within their business life. And you know what? That is one of the main main driver of my whatever I do. You know, when you see some people are growing, and you have one small drop on their growth or on their career journey, I mean that makes me really so happy. You know. That is such a kind of fulfillment I cannot share with you. Unfortunately, I have not not unfortunately, I have two daughters, but they hate me mentoring them. So unfortunately, <laughs> I cannot mentor them or coach them. But other than this, they're friends and so I really enjoy it's not mentoring in terms of explaining them or giving some tutoring, you know, really life experience. They share with me their challenges and I try them to find their right path, how they can overcome those barriers. I absolutely love that. And you know, it resonates with me and I work in recruitment. So helping people on their career journey, I so totally understand, but I also support people with coaching and mentoring. So I absolutely can tune into how that feels when you have an impact on someone, a positive impact and sort of taking away those limiting beliefs that we create for ourselves. Um, and I think that's something obviously you're doing on a on a fantastic level to bring um, International Women's Day into perspective for some other for others listening to this. These are some statistics you may or may not be familiar with. So, and this is on the IWD website, which I'll put in the show notes for those that want to find out more. But women make up only 22% of artificial intelligence workers globally, 44%. So a global analysis of 133 AI systems across industries found that 44% of 
demonstrate gender bias. And a survey of women journalists from 125 countries found that 73% had suffered online violence in the course of their work. Now, the reason these are focused on technology is that's really the focus of IWD uh, this year. But do check that out on the website. But those statistics are, are, are quite, quite damning, let's be honest. I wondered, though, if you could share some of your key insights that you've learned during your career, Birchin. Anything that really comes to mind where you've seen significant statistical imbalances, whether we know the specifics of that, the exact statistic isn't necessarily as important, but where you've, you've gone into a business and just, just seen that there's a change. Like if we look at the FTSE 100, we can see there's a huge disproportionate number of, uh, you know, there's not enough females working in CEO level positions. And that's that's a stark thing that we can see just by looking at the FTSE. But there are other insights that you've come across that that have been shocking to you that you've, you've sort of started to challenge and overcome? Yeah, I think recently we had that kind of discussion with some, one of our big clients. I don't want to name it, but sure. uh, it was really very interesting. So, of course, wherever I go for business reasons, at the end, we come back to the diversity and inclusion and gender equality so i cannot stop me to question not questioning the bad words but how they are doing how they are improving and you know recently i was with one of our clients from car industry and then to some point we came to the gender and diversified teams and then they were telling me you know in our industry it's very difficult to find woman talent and make them grow because this is a very man-dominated uh, sector. So, and my response was, I said, I'm meeting with different sectors. It is so interesting, other than HR, some fashion, you know, or very marketing uh, sectors. Most of the sector leaders say in our sector, we have a big problem in shortage, like in technology, like in IE, you know, like in STEM. And that goes back to the universities as well. And I told them you are one of the leading sector, car sector, in the, I mean, players. Why don't you think about building talent for your sector by partnering with some universities or other organizations that we can develop these women talents and we cannot have today an excuse saying we have shortages of women then. So I think there is also a barrier on our mind, which I agree, I know as well. For example, I was looking, I mean, it is also the same barrier for me, an unconscious bias. When we talk technology, we immediately look for men because there is very limited women talent. And recently, our current CTO was moving to Europe for another Sodexo entity, and we were looking for a new CTO. And I get five candidates, and all of them were men. And our our search company and my HR, my HR is a woman, and also my search company is a woman, and they know about me and how our company is. And they didn't bring one woman candidate as a, I mean, as a, I said, what's going on? You know, there's a shortage. I said, sorry, I will not interview one of your candidates till you have one or two a woman one. You know what? Today we have a woman CTO in our organization. It took Fantastic. us five months. Sorry, I mean, that is that is the cost we have to pay and I don't mind. But at the end, we have a great CTO and we are really proud, you know, to take our time to get the right 
right uh, candidate for our business. Well, you know what people say: how do we how do we start a a a transformation? How how do we even start the journey to change? And the simple answer is: take the first step. And that's what you're doing there. And sometimes it starts with patience. And I think it's very easy in the car example that you gave for people to turn around and say, it's how we've always done it. But the reality is what got us here is not going to get us there, right? Mm -hmm. So we need change and we need to have that outward thinking approach that you've clearly done and well done for being patient and well done for being demanding and pushing that back because you've got the result that we needed here, which is a a very competent CTO. um, And it didn't have to be a completely male shortlist. So I think that's fantastic. When we talk about diversity and inclusion, um, Birchin, I think most people would agree that it's a good thing. You would like to think everyone says, yes, it's important to me. And yet actually when you dig beneath the surface and you ask them the question of why, suddenly you can see, often see a blank face or they struggle to articulate. They know it is important, but they don't necessarily have a strong enough why or understanding behind why they're trying to make these initiatives. And I think a lot of the time, that's why they often fail. They do it to tick a box. They do it because they think they should, but they don't really understand why it's actually incredibly important that we make these changes now. So I wanted from someone who's had this lived in experience that you have, and somebody has been so passionate about making these changes, if I was to ask you what the why was behind why we should be striving for more diversity and inclusion in the workplace, what would you say? You know, today, many, I have to say, the awareness is really getting more and more important and higher across the world. It's not only US, UK, sure. Europe, also across the world. Uh, is it enough or not? That's a different question. But also, there are so many surveys from very credible organizations, companies that data shows a strong correlation between diversity and business financial and non-financial performances are strongly correlated. So there is no question mark that diverse teams, not only in gender, also in other aspects, are more innovative, more efficient, and more successful. So I believe people are aware about the situation more and more, but still when it comes to your business as usual, unfortunately, the unconscious bias, we did this and we used to do this and we continue because it, it used to work. People are time to time getting not very clearly strong enough to build this DNI within their business strategy. I think it is one of the priority. It is not an HR topic. It's not my CEO topic because I am a woman. It's a business topic, and it is imperative. All our consumers are, you know, diverse, so we have to sure. adapt this to us. And there is no way out. You know, it's of course a social topic as well, but we should not do this because it is a social topic. It is important for your success, for the well-being of your employees you know, for their efficiency and making sure that you have different perspectives to feed the business to make the right steps. So that's why I would say wherever I go, I try to challenge also my, I mean, time to time, I have to challenge my organization as well. Although, so so as a, I mean, gender and diversity is a DNA of this company, but time to time, it's so business oriented, too many market issues, challenges, then this becomes secondary. But if you bring it not only internally, also externally, when you partner with your business clients or you know consumers or your suppliers, and this is part of it, 
that makes a difference. You know, it's not only for your employees, for the uh, for the all the stakeholders. Then it brings much more to the society and community. So that is how I. That's why I am a vocal ambassador. It's not only internally or with you and external. When I have to partner with the new client, I immediately bring this back. How it's going on? How we can do it more? How we can go to our clients together for a diversified, you know, solutions, etc. So this should be part of your, you know, DNA and business strategy, not a tool as an enabler, you know. Sure. I couldn't agree more. I mean, um, as an example, I, I released an episode uh, last week on hearing inclusion. And what I highlight that because it's something we're always learning. And I, I'm, I'd like to consider myself someone who's passionate about diversity and inclusion myself. I've certainly tried to implement many things across my own business and outward through these shows. And yet I was completely naive to hearing inclusion until I had that episode where I discovered so many things that we could do better as a business. Simple things, even like releasing an episode of this show with a transcript for those that can't hear. It had never occurred to me and it brought to my attention. So we're always learning. I think that's important that we don't have to have all the answers. And when we talk about initiatives, something that I think I've seen work well, both in my own business and elsewhere, is actually, as you say, not putting it always on HR shoulders, but asking who wants to be an advocate for this within your organization at any level. And we set this up within our business. We asked for who wants to be advocates for our own EAD&I committee that we have internally. And I was really surprised at how many people wanted to be involved at all levels. And we they now meet uh, on, a, on a monthly basis to talk about initiatives that we can do better. But I think these things can happen across all organizations and we can reduce some of that burden from HR. Have you ever asked yourself, how can any recruiter understand my HR recruitment challenges? Please don't give up on your hiring challenges just yet. Here at JGA HR Recruitment, we appreciate the difficulties associated with attracting, recruiting and retaining top human resources talent. We also understand just how costly a poor hire can be. JGA HR Recruitment would like to partner with you to help you overcome your hiring challenges. Contact us today on 01727 800 377 or visit jgarecruitment.com to find out more. What I'd like to know from your perspective, what are some of the initiatives that you've implemented to help ensure that women are represented in, in leadership positions within your organization? Are there any initiatives that you can share? You know, women's voices and perspectives has been really, I mean, ensured they can present themselves. You know, they are heard, respected within the organization. So for me, that comes, you also for inclusivity. You know, this is one of the key to create an environment where women feel really they belong and really respected in a fairness way and they are belonging, reflecting, that should be reflected in the company card culture. And the initiatives we took, we have very, I mean, we have a lot of, I mean, a lot of initiatives, which I can tell you, of course, but the key element is first leading by example, as I told you before, and building some trust being open and transparent in our communication, encouraging people to talk about this as well. If they do not feel comfortable, they have to share this with us. And what we do also for me, International Women Day celebrating and creating awareness is another opportunity for us to get together and talk about, you know, what are we doing? Are we comfortable? Are you 
feeling okay, respected in the organization, how we can work together much better, you know. These are the things for me which makes them powerful. But of course, as an I mean, as a for this, you have to have the right HR processes, you have oh. to have a recruitment policies, pay gap is another topic. There is a really a lot of things you have to introduce. But time time you introduce the best process, the best tools. But if the people doesn't behave inclusively, which is really important, respecting each other, fairness, and acknowledging and making you feel, I mean, as yourself, is the key. If that is not happening, your best process will never deliver what is needed for diversified uh, uh, teams. Sure. No, I think psychological safety is really important so you can feel like you can be unmuted safely and you can raise your voice and and, and you know, hopefully achieve excellence. If I was a, a young um, a young woman listening to this show now and I was keen to advance my career, I was keen to break into the C-suite as you have, uh, Bershin, what advice would you give from a mentorship point of view, something that you, you I know that you're passionate about already? What kind of a, a mentorship advice would you provide? You know, you know I can talk hard about <laughs> this. Uh, but I think for me, it is important. And as I told you, in my career, I had really, I mean, uh, experienced different challenges. And there were some days in my in my career that I want to give up. And I said, this is enough. Now I have to stop. However, I never stop. I never give up, you know. And I know it's not easy, but, you know, this is important. I learned with hard ways, but there are some, I mean, there is uh, there is opportunities for this. And what I advise, and I think, first of all, not to take bias personally. Position yourself as a person. And this unconscious bias should not make you blocked. And focusing on developing a, a strong personal brand and seeking out challenges new assignments for yourself and pushing yourself to go out of your comfort zone. Speaking up, standing up when you experience unconscious bias and prejudgments. To be honest, breaking all these things, it's not easy. It requires hard work, resilience, humility, and openness to learn, to listen, and to be honest, to take some risk. With the right mindset and support, it's absolutely achievable. So I have to say in a very summary, be ambitious, confident, and assertive, and you will get what you deserve. I love that. It's empowering. If I'm a, an HR, a female HR leader, potentially, or, or a, a female who is keen to advance in any aspect of, 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 uh, of any profession, if I am restricted by limiting beliefs, if I do think uh, that's great to hear, Bertrand, but in my organization, it's different. It's not possible here or my personal circumstance is different. And we know we understand that everyone is unique and everyone has a unique set of circumstances. However, I also understand from a coaching perspective that limiting beliefs can be can be harmful and, and can really hold us back. Um, now, I will never experience what it's like to be a woman in the workplace. And, uh, you know, unfortunately for my side uh, as a male, I have privileges that I will never understand or appreciate because I've never been in that position. So I don't know necessarily have an understanding of what those limiting beliefs might be as a female, but I know that they exist and they even exist in, in my daughter who's only 13 years old. So 
for someone that comes to you with that kind of limiting belief, how can we start to overcome those? You know, I had a lot of those kind of questions and real examples where they have a very strong story that their situation, her situation is different or her company, etc. And I feel this is a blocker for ourselves. First of all, we have to identify what we want for ourselves based on your condition. I give one example. Uh, again, in my previous company, I was in Turkey and was a marketing director and the strongest candidate for the uh, CEO of that company. Uh, uh, I mean, next role was CEO. And suddenly somebody has been assigned to, uh, for the succession of the CEO and I was so disappointed. I had a mentor at that time and I said, why I didn't get this? I mean, I am the talent. I delivered this and that and everybody recognized me. And he said, whatever, you know, I don't know. You should ask it to your to your own boss why it is. But think about yourself first. What you want? You want to grow. Is it always this case? Do you have other opportunities? Did you look around you, external, not external, not out of the company, in the company for other opportunities, which make you a much more excited or something? I never thought it. You know, I was blocked with this. And this is the company I should be. I don't know why. And later on, six months later, I had an assignment in Switzerland from Turkey, you know, for a nice job. And I was very excited and I took this job. So what I was trying to tell, time time we block ourselves because my situation is I have kids or I have to take care of my family members. The company is very global, etc. No, we have to really reflect what we want. And are there other opportunities? How we can overcome this? If the company is not very clear with these diversified opportunities, then you really go to different stakeholders, build relationships, really, and make your network in the company or outside of the company to look for different choices. Choices are up to us, you know. If we expect others to manage us for our career, for our next steps, then we are dependent on others. But if we take the lead for ourselves and make our choices based on our inspirations and ambitions, then it makes a difference. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think something that's interesting here, I know it's a risk for people, but ultimately if you're working in a business and I work in recruitment, so I see this every day and I understand the possibilities that are out there, right? And in what is a talent shortage market, but if you're working for a business, whoever you are listening to this right now, and you feel that you can't make the next stage because of your gender and not because of your skill or because of your, you know, your your your, your background or your disability or whatever it might be, then actually you've got to ask yourself whether that's the right business for you. And there are other opportunities out there. And that's where the bravery comes in, because ultimately okay, we have to work to find for a financial return, but eventually that will chip away and chip away and it'll, hit, it'll impact your confidence, it'll impact who you are. And there is an opportunity out there for everybody. And sometimes we have to be brave to take those steps. Obviously, if we can do it internally without making those changes, then great. And that starts with being unmuted, which you've done very, very well about speaking up and challenging. Um, and some people don't realize they're even being, you know, or showing any kind of bias until they're they're confronted with it. And they have to look at themselves. So I think what you've said is really, really powerful, Virgin. Uh, I'd be interested to know from your perspective, what what, what um, strategies have you actually implemented that have helped women's voices and perspectives 
regardless of seniority. I know we've talked about le- a lot about leadership today, but what have you been able to implement that have helped ensure that women's voices have been heard and respected within your organization? So, of course, in my organization, we have a very strong fundamentals in place. And I am part, as you have introduced me, I am part of a global advisory board for gender equality. And I am very active on this role. But other than this, is I really, I mean, we in, in, in our company and in our community, we take all the opportunities to bring a light to, for gender equality. So, and we think it's just not a woman or a HR topic again. We need more men. We need different stakeholders to support this. We have some development uh, programs just specifically for women talent where they can improve their leadership skills, their confidence. They can work on their on their main branding, positioning themselves and planning their career plan. So these are some of the key uh, key initiatives we are doing. And I I feel personally sponsoring is working very, very strongly nowadays because most of the women time to time need more visibility than others. And if the leadership sponsors some of the talents, they give them a path how to manage the stakeholders, which direction they should use and connect them with each other. So that helps a lot. And most of the powerful uh, initiatives we are right now in our company uh, introducing is this sponsorship. Fantastic. Some great initiatives. And in terms of, I guess, the evolving role that women hopefully have to play in the workplace. What do you think are the challenges that are still persisting or still you know, being challenged right here, right now, but are still persistent in the workplace? And what are the challenges you think uh, are going to be the hardest to overcome in the, in the immediate short term? I think the, the biggest and the fact is the shortage of the women talents at the moment in yeah. many of the functional areas. And that needs to be really... Of course, government supports are also crucial in many aspects, to be honest. And organizations should take, many organizations, big organizations should take some initiatives to ensure we develop these talents from the scratch. You know, that is where we should make programs on this. And we see more and more, I mean, we talk, of course, the STEM technology or IEU. We all know there is, there is not enough talent at the moment. And we have to give opportunities. We have to invest to make sure we develop more women talents across all sectors, across all the functionalities, that we have a diverse workforce to grow and become, you know, on and become leading uh, force in also in in the C-suite. And today, this is one of them. The second one, unconscious bias, is still there. We are growing like. That you know we are born and this is the reality. And we, as 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 each person, we have to play a role. It's not only the leaders, organization. Everybody has to play a role. That diverse workplace is key for the for today and for future. And it is not a role of the HR or the CEO or the organization. We have to all take some some mindful actions being inclusive, starting from there, encouraging women more 
to to really progress on this. And we know with COVID, there was some progress, but it it went really. I mean, it has a big impact with the COVID, especially the well-being uh, topic. And now we see more and more organization has to take more actions on the well-being for all employees, but especially specifically for women that they do not stop on the career. You know, these are the key barriers we see in in the world. I mean, in the in the market, and we all has to play our role to progress on it. Absolutely agree. I think what's interesting, and just to just to hammer home the point, because you mentioned it earlier on in the show, I every single study that I've seen, independent study I've seen, has demonstrated that diversity in the workplace leads to more in or more diversity of thought, more innovation, more success, more profit, and there were nothing but positives in improving the level of diversity and inclusion on your board. So you know, if you haven't read any of those studies, Google it for yourself. I won't even lead you to, to any study in particular because every research you, you do will pretty much generate a positive response. So it's, it's well worth investigating and researching more into the subject. The last question I want to ask before we open the, uh, the L&D Vault um, version is this. We've talked a little bit about you know, the persistent problems and challenges that we need to overcome for, for a, a more uh, balanced and inclusive future. What advice would you give, though, to other organizations or, or leaders that maybe are listening to this show right now and how they can go about creating meaningful and lasting change for women. You know, as leaders, we must become realized, lead with empathy, make it personal and be open to change. And that is also about inclusive culture, which what I mean, of course, and you have to own it, you know, that is, that is, I, I own it with passion and purpose, and this is part of everything what I do. And I deliver all my business results. We overperform in the yeah, overperform in the market, and it is about inclusive culture. You know, you engage with your teams. That is critical. But specific advices, DNI should be embedded uh, widely and deeply and externally into the business. It should be part of the strategic priority of the business and you have i mean the leaders have to ensure that gender equality has clear responsibilities processes kpis owned by the business leaders and executive teams not only by the hr and open communication where you build trust that people can feel they are belonging and continuously gathering feedback from employees, from your stakeholders to improve your processes where needed. For me, inclusive culture, empowering women, all of this requires a commitment of the leadership. For me, that is the key. And I see more and more leaders are really getting more committed and more determined to make this happen. And I feel that men allies play also right now an important role on this journey yeah well that's a really um i'm really glad i asked that question what a fantastic <laughs> response it's great to have someone so passionate about this subject you know such a role model for other women on the show a ceo as you are who's gone through some challenging circumstances and challenging you know um 
conversation, shall we say, to get to where you've needed to go. And I, I put that lightly. Um, I'm also excited today on International Women's Day to be able to say that, you know, I've been, I'm inspired every day by my own mother, who is also a CEO like yourself, who's led me on my own path. And um, I, I cannot shout loudly enough about the inspirational impact she's had on my life and continues to do so. And I'm sure you're doing that for many of the people that um, that look up to you and work for you as well, Birchin. So it's been an absolute pleasure. We're going to open the HR L&D vault. Opening the L&D vault. And I'm quite excited by this because these are three questions that... Um, yeah, I don't always get an opportunity to ask someone um, like yourself who's, who's risen through the top against the, against those challenges. So uh, I'll be intrigued to see what we have to say. But first question is this, some three short, sharp questions. If you could give one piece of advice to the world, what would it be? Play a role. Make it happen. Nice. nice. Well, you're living embodiment of that, which is fantastic. If you had the opportunity, what advice would you give to a younger you just starting out in this new world of work? Never give up. Fantastic. And last but not least, what is the guiding principle or behavior that you've seen in every great leader that you've worked with? Empathy. Nice. It's a common answer. We get kindness a lot. We get empathy a lot. And I think those two two qualities ring true for many, many people. Uh, Birchin Vasamoglu, it's been an absolute pleasure having you today on the HLNE podcast. I hope everyone out there is celebrating International Women's Day. And I hope you found this episode empowering. Go out there, challenge your leadership if you need to. Go and write your own stories. Of course, for those that want to find out more, I will put a LinkedIn um, link to Birchin's profile so you can link in and connect with Birchin directly. Uh, there's a website as well for the great work that she does, which is sedexoengage.com. So please do check that out. Um, I will also put a link to the International Women's Day social media package for those of you that want to find out more about the day and want to brand it onto LinkedIn and, and, and shout from the rooftops about the important how important it is to create a gender balanced future. Um, and there is also a really interesting report I'm going to include in the show notes. So do check it out. It's a new report from Sodexo Engage, uh, which has just been launched. It's called Mountain of Lost Benefits, Making Employee Benefits Matter. So do check that out. It's going to be included in the show notes. Um, it'll link you through to the website as well, where you can find out more. And I absolutely think it's a, a valuable resource. I wanted to shout out, shout out about that while we were here. Uh, it just leaves me to say one final thing, which is, of course, if you are an HR or L&D professional listening to this show and you need support with an HR-related vacancy, that's where I can come in or any of my wonderful team. Uh, do give me a call. You can contact us at jgarecruitment.com. And last, but by no means least, it leaves me to say a huge thank you today for Birchin uh, for joining me on the show to talk about International Women's Day and correcting the gender imbalances in the workplace. Birchin, thank you ever so much. Thank you. That's it for today's episode of the HR L&D podcast. I hope you found this discussion informative and thought-provoking and that it gave you actionable insights to help you drive your HR agenda forward. Please remember to subscribe to the show so you never miss a future episode. And I'd also love to hear from you. So if you enjoyed this show, please do leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. Your feedback helps me to ensure I can continue to bring you the topics and guests that matter most to you. Oh, and don't forget to share this show with your colleagues and fellow HR leaders as well. The more we spread the word, the more we can grow our community of HR professionals who I know are all as dedicated to driving the future of work forward as I am. Thanks, of course, for tuning in. My name is Nick Gay. Please do look me up on LinkedIn and send me a connection request. It would be great to get connected. In the meantime, I look forward to bringing you the next episode of the HR L&D podcast real soon.